Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by our sponsor, BetMGM. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, is Nick Martin. And Nick, we're getting to the top of the stretch here. We're probably in the middle of the stretch here. A couple more weeks until the NHL playoffs. We'll have more uh, on you know our our schedule for the for the playoffs when we get a little bit closer, but we'll we'll probably squeeze at least one more episode in a week uh, as we get into the tournament. And with that out of the way, uh, we'll start as we always do with our favorite underdog, and we're on the same page here. And it's going against your boys, the Washington Capitals, with a team that I mean I got to go back and look, but it feels like I think you know f- four out of the last six times on the show i've i've said the columbus blue jackets are are my favorite underdog uh and i'm i'm not gonna stop now uh it's much more about the capitals i think than the blue jackets so at this point at this number better than two to one yeah i like it a lot i i actually was really surprised at how long these numbers were i personally bet some look ahead price this monday and then there's actually a lot of shops that opened with a better number so i think this is a really good play columbus has looked respectable They've played the Caps in particular really well this season. Um, and I think it's just way too long a price. This is going to be a close game. The Caps don't have offensive horses to put teams away right now. They could, or I shouldn't even say could. They're going to be without Kuznetsov. That hit looked pretty bad. I think at this point in the season, the the year is over for the Caps. Uh, and even they know it, I would say, after that Minnesota loss. And I just don't think the gap between these two teams is that wide at all. Um Darcy Kemper's also listed as day-to-day, which is pretty relevant. I know I had kind of beat the drum early in the year that Lindgren would be an excellent backup, but he's been pretty shaky. He was pretty bad in Minnesota. Um, Nick Jensen, still day-to-day. He missed Sunday's game. The guys who are replacing him have been bad. The Caps are... Ooh, like I've actually been really surprised. I think last two weeks, everyone's heard it a lot that I the market continues to respect them and price them close to any team any good team and that's been pretty good they've been struggling so i don't really see how these two teams are this far apart this is a massive number and it seems like maybe just getting a little too tied up into the 
the false hopes of any playoff berth or or what but yeah I, I think this is just a great bet yeah i wonder and, and and it's it's like a name brand thing too i think right like this is still the capitals and, and the blue jackets in, in some people's mind i guess that's the only excuse i can make i actually think a lot of times we say on these these underdogs you could wait it out i think that this one is probably the opposite i think that right i'd be surprised, I'd be surprised. If, if, if this number gets any longer on columbus i think the big money's all on columbus at this number yeah. like and even when i look at the lineups like i i think the greatest thing that hides it like you said is the history and how these teams have performed overall this season but it just seems like one of those things for a game tomorrow with who's playing i don't think that the number should be this wide at all columbus has looked more respectable if they can get a decent goaltending performance that would help a lot but yeah, I just don't see how there's enough factors to make this price so wide. It's funny, like we're we're trying to figure out why the number's this long, and then you remember. Well, I mean, the Blue Jackets are dead last in the NHL, uh, in terms of records. They are so, dead so, last. Yeah, so like that. I mean, that's why the number's long, right? Like we we know why, but in terms, like you said, in this vacuum game where the Capitals are missing so many bodies, this isn't the the last place team in the NHL playing the the 20th best team it's really like the last place team playing a team that if you play this game over and over again or the season over and over again this Capitals team for sure and you look at like a lot of the when I look at the Blue Jackets losses the ones I've watched recently there's been a lot of those where I actually thought they were a lot better than the score and I guess that's what's going to happen when you're a team that doesn't know how to win maybe doesn't care to win and has awful (laughs) goaltending but it still seems to me like I know how this game is going to look and I highly doubt the Caps are going to look like a team that deserved to be priced as this large of a favorite all right, uh, let's move on to the big board uh, busy night, 13 games by my count. I count wrong all the time, so it might not be 13, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, on the NHL board for, for Tuesday, March 21st. All right, we'll kick it off with the Hurricanes and Rangers. The Hurricanes are minus 115 on their own. Rangers minus 105 over under six. It was a great week for the Rangers last week, who also did some favors for the Islanders. It was an Islanders for Rangers week, uh, if I've ever seen one. In, in my life as an Islander fan. And this time the Rangers actually came through uh, two regulation wins over uh, the Penguins were a huge help to the Islanders. And then they followed those two wins up with a seven, nothing win over the national predators. The predators were missing some very important players and they're already uh, depleted from the trade deadline. Rangers outscored Pittsburgh and Nashville over the weekend, 13, nothing. Uh, so it does look like things are pointing in the right direction for the rangers meanwhile the hurricanes uh you wonder when the the like the andre svechnikov injury will start to show uh maybe has started to show a little bit they're six and four in their last 10 they got a last gasp game tying goal against the flyers on saturday and then won an overtime to keep their their one point lead over the new jersey devils who have played two more games uh in in the metro but think this one looks about right in terms of the odds with this special out. I think you can make an argument. The Rangers should maybe be a slight home favorite, but I don't think it's enough uh, to get involved for me. Yeah. I actually like the Rangers here. I think I will end up playing them. It just seems like all like, so five on five, whatever Carolina might probably hang in, but I think the gaps around the edges are becoming quite wide. New York's power play looks unreal. They've got Shesterkin in great form. So I think this is another one where they've kind of got those little edges around the perimeter and i like them to win this game so i think uh it's rangers or nothing for me for sure uh the tampa bay lightning travel to 
Montreal to take on the Habs. Lightning minus 255. Montreal plus 215. The over under six and a half. It looks like it felt like the Lightning and Devils were playing, you know, six or seven games against one another. Uh, so it'd be nice for, for Tampa to see a different opponent. Uh, we'll start our anytime goal score round robin last episode. I said we were going to build one and then we gave out one goal score and then I kind of forgot. But this time we'll, we'll remember. I have them written down. Uh, we'll start here. I've got nothing on the game. Uh, I think we both are in agreement that we could see a Brian Elliott start here. So keep that in mind. And it kind of plays into our uh, goal scorer pick. Yeah. I think if you're going to consider a Tampa bet or a bet on any totals, and I mean, if you're thinking about the over as of today, then keep this in mind that you probably could potentially gain value. Because as we see, like the lines won't drop if there's a Elliott confirmed, they'll just get better. So you're not going to lose value if you bet today expecting Vazzy. Um, but looking at the setup of Tampa's road swing, this is one of those ones where it's very reasonable to think this could be a surprise Elliott start. I would imagine it's today or it's Thursday because they've got tough games. I think it's Boston and Carolina after that. So where they're at, I mean, realistically, they're playing for home ice. So resting Vassy is way more important than home ice ever is. So keep that in mind. And yeah, I like Gurionov, especially if Elliott's in. I should say mainly, I think if only Elliott's in, unless the numbers are quite long, the Gurionov prices are starting to drop as they should because of what he's done with the the Habs thus far. On to uh, Minnesota and the Devils. The Wild plus 150 on the road. New Jersey's minus 175. The over-under six. Minnesota's 12-1-3 over their last 16 games. They've got a plus 15 goal differential in that span. They've only allowed 34 goals on this run. And a lot of it is just red hot goaltending 933 save percentage in their last 16 games. No career Kaprizov. This is a good sell high spot. I think on uh, Minnesota who beat the the Capitals over the weekend after losing to the Bruins, maybe a devil's minus one and a half here. Uh, Devils is a parlay piece. Cause I think that at some point this, this wild team should start coming back down to earth and, even at plus 150, it seems like they're a little overvalued. Yeah, I agree. I, I like uh, the Devils in this game. I think a lot of what the Wild has done, they're def- they're defending so well. But even with that said, we don't see goalies go on runs like they're on right now. If you compare their goaltender's numbers to Lannis Elmark's numbers on the season, who's having a historically good year, over the last month, they're both better. So I think that's a big concern. I know their 5-on-5 shooting percentage has actually been low themselves, but I would almost bank on that continuing rather than their goaltending hanging up where it is based off what they actually have in the lineup. So I think the gap between the offensive players in this game is pretty gigantic. And and I like the devils. The Nashville predators are plus plus one fifteen in Buffalo Sabres are minus one thirty five. the over under six and a half. The predators are like, you think they'll convince themselves. They're still in the playoff race uh, in the Western conference. They are five points adrift of the Jets in uh, the wild card. They have three games at hand on Winnipeg, but the lineup situation for Nashville is ugly. Meanwhile, Buffalo, uh, they're cooked. They're done. Fun run for them, but they're now six points back of uh, Pittsburgh. Same games, amount of games played. And it's just, it's not going to be the year for the Sabres who are two, six and two in their last 10, but uh, it would be Buffalo or nothing. kind of similar to the devils. I think that, the Sabres would make an interesting parlay piece. It's just the, the Predators are running out of bodies at this point. Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, for Buffalo, it's been like a comical run of like 
it seems like it's been a lot of those games where it'll start out fine. Every break goes the wrong possible way. And I, I, I get that that's what happens when your goalies are what the Sabres are, but it doesn't look like it's just been like that. They've been a complete joke down the stretch. It's been just a lot of tough nights. So I don't think it's a lot of fun to back the Sabres and their goalies, but after that humiliating 7-0 loss at Boston, I still think the offensive talent in the lineup they have is, I shouldn't even say I think, it's just a pretty much a fact that it's significantly more than what Nashville has to offer. So I like it as a big spot for uh, them to bounce back. I think if you wanted to bet Tage anytime goal could be the time to get back on that train. Um, he's kind of had a, he had a tough week last week, but I think uh, the Tage-Tuck line is going to have a good uh good game here the florida panthers are minus 170 in philly uh plus 145 the over under six and a half uh, florida's in detroit on monday night Sergey bobrovsky starting that one but it seems like the panthers are just gonna roll with bob every night 12 straight starts for him 22 of their last 28 with spencer knight in the nhl's uh player assistant program alex lyon is the backup he is a former flyer, so maybe Paul Maurice gives him a shot here against his former team to give Bob a night off. But uh, Florida had a pretty light schedule last week, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Sergey Bobrovsky go uh, both nights. Keep an eye on mine there, or keep an eye on that, though. Um, at this point, we know where the Flyers are headed. Things have been kind of drab for them uh, for a while now. They're 2-6-2 two, two in their last 10 and just plummeting down the standings. Not that that's a bad thing, but they're now... Uh, just two points ahead of uh, Montreal for the second to last spot in the Eastern Conference, and they're uh, they're giving themselves a, a decent shot at, at being a uh, top five odds team in terms of the uh, Connor Bedard sweepstakes. So a win wouldn't be great for the Flyers, but I think with the schedule spot with Florida, it it would be Philly or nothing. But I do think we'll get a better number tomorrow, um, and it needs to get better. Yeah, I I didn't really think I saw much here. I would almost say. I'd lean towards Lyon. I know it's a huge game for them, but are you going to play Bobrovsky every single night between now and the end of the play or and the end of the regular season? Probably not. You would think, but maybe they will. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would kind of handicap that, expecting Lyon to go. But I guess we'll see on that front. All right, now on to the Senators and Bruins. Uh, this is pretty easy. I mean, Senators are plus two twenty five, but they're going to be on the second night of a back to back, and the decision is: Do you play Mad Sogard? Two nights in a row, do you play ECHL goalie Kevin Mandelisi against the Boston Bruins? And neither option is great. It's nothing for me. I I just I I wish I could bet the Senators, and you know maybe they they show a good effort against the Penguins and carry some momentum into Tuesday night to light a fire under themselves to get the to create an illusion that they're still in this playoff race. Uh, but they're seven points back of Pittsburgh, and and I think it's one of those things where. If they lose to Pittsburgh on Monday night, it's going to be hard for this team to get up for, for this game, uh, knowing that that well and truly closes the the curtains on their playoff hopes. So it's it's a pass for me. Yeah, it's I'm not betting aside. I think if you wanted to bet past uh, two goals, it would be a reasonable look, depending on what numbers you can get. He's at 48. They're going to want to try and get him to 50 at home. He's obviously going to get 50, so it's a little different. But we've seen it. And then the other one, that last goal score, but I love these because the players know. They all know what everyone's at. They want to set up their guys. They're going to want to set up past us. So if they're leading late, I mean, maybe they might even be leading enough that Ottawa doesn't pull the goal or <laughs> doesn't even have to pull the goalie. But I think that could be one to watch. We've seen it. And that's like, I think one of the 
it's one of my favorite in play bets. It's so fun. Just when there's like seven minutes left bet on who's the last goal scorer to be someone who's tapping into a narrative uh, from the, from that team. So guys who could be on a hat trick guys are on a milestone. We saw it on Stamkos night this year in Vancouver. Um, we've seen it with Ovechkin a lot versus Winnipeg this year. It was a good play. And uh, we saw it with Matthews last year when he hit 60 or I think it was when he hit 50, whatever it is, the teams they know they try and you're still usually going to get like nine to one on those goal yep. scores to be the last guy. So that's a really fun one to watch for. And I think could apply in this game. The Toronto Maple Leafs minus 130 traveling to Long Island, take on the Islanders plus 110. Uh, the over under is six. I'll be in the building. Uh, adjust your numbers accordingly. Simon Holmstrom will also be in the building. Uh, hopefully. He'll, he'll be the first-line winger as long as he's not healthy scratched in favor of Josh Bailey. I think the Islanders are the only team where the, the healthy scratch decision is between the first-liner, the first a first-line winger, and the 13th forward. It's it's nuts. But Holmstrom will be playing with Bo Horvat and Anders Lee. I think Horvat's actually been playing really well. Um, he's just not scoring. And I like that, that line with Holmstrom better than it's been with Bailey. They should generate plenty of looks and, and Holmstrom will be the longest number of the three should be around, you know, five to one. Uh, that's where he's normally been sometimes plus five fifty for a guy who will get first or second line minutes. Uh, he won't play much on the power play, but I just think the numbers long enough to be included in this anytime goal score around Robin we're building. So I like Holmstrom to be the long shot guy as for the game. You know, it's, I think, it's it's Islanders or nothing, but I'll have so much invested in just the Islanders with my heart, hoping to get themselves into the playoffs that that's enough for me. So what about you? Yeah, I, I actually, the Leafs have not looked good since the deadline. And they could be going through what we saw with the Rangers where it's so much turnover. They've got like eight actual roster defensemen that they're playing, even nine, you could say. So it just seems like it's a bit of a mess on that front. Their underlying numbers have been really bad the last couple of games. They're winning because the stars are doing what they do, which their guys are, you know, I'm never going to dispute how good those top guys are. But I think the process has looked shaky enough. They're getting by simply because of elite goaltending, which who knows how long that holds up. And I, so I think there's just enough question marks on the Leafs front that I don't really want to bet them in this game where maybe like a month ago, if you gave me this price, I would have been like, okay, give me the Leafs like all day. But I yeah. think, and that might be something that, people aren't on to and like i'm not saying they're not going to turn it around i still like i think overall the pieces on the roster compile a really really good team but it just doesn't seem like right now they're kind of flowing yet and and gelling that well despite the fact that they're getting by that ottawa game was really ugly i was kind of pissed i bet ottawa live and thought it was a really good play and bested by a shootout loss as it's 18 an 18 player shootout loss nonetheless <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i i actually thought that the kind of narrative about how many trades and changes is too much for the the Leafs is overblown at the time and I guess I maybe underestimated it because where the rain with the Rangers what we said and I think this is will hold true is the Rangers they added to a strength like they didn't create a new strength or shore up a weakness with what they did at the deadline uh with Tarasenko and, and then Kane the Kane move especially whereas the Leafs the personality of the the team changed a little bit like uh and I get what they're trying to do. And I see the logic in, you know, building a, a robust, you know, roster from top to bottom for what they hope is a long playoff run. But like you said, it just doesn't, it hasn't looked right yet. And, uh, you know, they are get like you said, they're getting by and 
with goaltending, but that that advantage gets a little muted when you're going up against Sorokin. It, I actually might you might see Simeon Verlamov in this one. The Islanders have a back to back coming up uh, Columbus and Buffalo at the end of the week. This is their only game before then, and Barlamov hasn't played since uh, last Saturday when they played the Capitals. He didn't even play the back-to-back when they were on the West Coast. So uh, you wonder if this will be the spot, but even so, it's 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 a tough one. So I, like I said, I, I'll i be at the game. I'll be rooting for the Islanders, uh, and I'll just let the – hope that Simon Holmstrom scores in, in, in Islanders win over uh, the Maple Leafs. On, right, uh, and to be fair, I will throw in too. So even without their top pickup in the line, like I think the biggest thing that's just hard is the amount that they're moving around the defense core. Because offensively, like Lafferty looks good. The team yeah. looks deep. And they don't have their biggest deadline pickup in the lineup. He's It's O'Reilly who's out with a broken finger. So I think it's fair to just defend the moves a little bit on that front. But it just seems like it's it's past good competition when you have like, Nine. The amount of turnover, yeah. you've got nine fighting for these spots. Some nights you're playing seven, some nights you're finally playing six. Like the units are different. Nobody knows what's going on. That just feels to me like a situation that's like awkward and tough for the players to work through. So, and who knows? Like this is a small sample. They're playing for nothing. Like this is yeah, nothing. That's the other thing too. It's like, like uh, they have time to fuck around and like work this thing out. Like that's, yeah, realistically. And it, people talk about home ice, but like home ice statistically has not mattered dating back to like 2016 it hasn't really meant anything the uh, the uh road teams i didn't update this after last year but entering last playoffs dating back 2016 the road teams were above 500 overall and that gap got wider when you went into knockout games so in game sevens and game six so it's a bit of a uh narrative that everybody loves to drum up especially when we're looking at a year where tampa and toronto are literally playing for nothing it's such a boring race but even home ice is debatable and i know like you're always going to hear players say it matters maybe they truly believe that but you can't be a player and say we don't care to have home ice we don't want loud you know what i mean like no one it's not like something that i think proves anything so i, I think that's a really interesting note that we'll probably dive into a little more once we're right at playoff season and, and i'll have to pull up some updated numbers on that uh, betting wise and and actual records Hockey betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. 
In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. It is what you. It's one thing you did say that I just wanted to comment on early in this conversation was that this number does seem surprising, and it would even be more surprising when you consider like Barzell's out for the Islanders too. Uh, but I think that is also a testament to to the the way the Islanders have played, especially defensively. It is also a little bit of a tough spot for uh, the Islanders coming back from the West Coast. But yeah, I think it's it it this line to me like it's. It makes me feel better about the Islanders uh, more than anything and where their game's at. Uh, enough on that one. Uh, we'll talk about the Coyotes and Jets from a game standpoint. Your favorite bets in this match. So we'll, we'll punt that for the uh, in this game. So we'll punt that for the, the last part of the show, top shelf bets. But just real quick, uh, once again, hats off to the Coyotes for, for just dominating at home. Uh, I just want to say thank you to them. 50% above 50% ROI on the Coyotes at home this year it's just absurd uh but this is this this has to be a get right spot for the jets i know that they they won in nashville on saturday but uh like you just you, the jets this is it like it's set up for you they they're four five and one in the last 10 they split the the series they're they're back to back over the weekend they get the big win in, in nashville but they don't build on it and now you you just gotta win this one uh so nothing for me from from a game standpoint but anything for you here before we move on no yeah i didn't have a lot here i i I don't i can't see the jets losing but it's one of those things like arizona has thrived even playing chicago on the weekend they love to just not do much and come up with goals at the right time and they it's funny that for like a bottom feeder they have elite talent stealing games like you don't usually see that and they've got like schmaltz keller both playing like true top liners and even in the games where they have less of the run of play which is going to be a lot of nights they can find ways to generate offense whereas the jets they're kind of starting to fall into like flame syndrome a little bit they've had yeah a few of those losses lately the minnesota one at home they kind of dummied them and just couldn't convert anything hellebuck is not really looking like connor hellebuck and that's a little more concerning because he's kind of done this very consistently when he hits the 65 games played mark or whatever it is whatever he's at now it's it's too many that i should say that pace um so i think there's enough concerns that despite the jets likely to dominate i don't know if i want to do it i also think this could be a spot depending on how line the high, how high the line is and these props have been really good to us is the uh save prop for arizona whoever's in net I think this could be one where it's just like Jets are pouring it on the whole game. Hopefully it won't be a complete blowout. Jets have had a hard time managing those recently. So I think this could be a good time to tap into that. All right. Uh, Red Wings and Blues next. Uh, Detroit plays Monday night. Ville Husso starting that one. So he won't take on the Blues as a plus 115 underdog. That will be Magnus Helberg. Uh, St. Louis minus 135 over under six and a half. Don't trust either one of these teams. Have nothing uh, for you from a, a betting standpoint, from a you know, team wide perspective, but uh, another leg in our, our round robin pops his head up here and he's a familiar friend. Yeah, my boy Jacob Rana. He's been uh, pretty good to us recently because this drum I've been beating since he came to St. Louis to score a goal versus Detroit and Helberg. I think it's going to be a really good play unless they drastically move the number. I think this has been one that 
the books probably have been taking a bit of a beating on because a lot of people have just been betting on him to score goals every night since he's gotten to St. Louis. He's gotten five already with the Blues. That wasn't counting that he hit the crossbar versus the Caps. He's pretty much looked extremely threatening. And in true Rana form, he's still only averaging like 1440-ish with the with the Blues. He's getting some power play time, which is great. And he's being used on uh, top line to start the games, it seems like, and then being taken off for whatever reason. Um, I don't know what all coaches have against Rana. I think there's definitely worse defensive players in the league. But his finishing is insane. Over the last three years, he still ranks second in goals per 60, which is bananas. Like, I get that, he, that it's not the same when we're talking about, like, how many players who continue to score at such a, that kind of a clip get used. Like, he's averaged below 15 minutes on ice, kind of wherever he's played. But it's still wild to see, and he, he looks really good. So, you know, whatever happened in Detroit, I think he's definitely gonna be motivated to for this one. And like outside of that, he's finding ways every night. So give me give me Verona to stay hot and score. I hope he sticks it to him and uh has a big night here. And I, I think the numbers actually support it unless they're gonna drastically change his anytime price, which is a possibility. Vegas and Vancouver next. Uh the Knights minus one forty five. In Van, Van City, uh, Canucks plus 125, over under six and a half. Uh, I thought when the Canucks made the coaching change to Rick Tockett that they hundred they were like 120 to one to finish with the worst record because I thought there was a chance that Tockett just, the team just doesn't respond to to the, uh, the personality shift between him and uh, Bruce Boudreaux, but it just has not been the case. They're eight and two in their last ten, and screwing themselves in terms of the lot, their lottery odds. Um, playing some decent stuff, but this is uh, not a spot that I wanna I wanna bet them. It seems like a little bit of a, a sell high spot, if anything. But and and Vegas is playing well too, and Jonathan Quick has has proven us wrong. So two eight and two teams meet in Vancouver, uh, but I'll be passing. Yeah, I think this is a good pass spot and one of the things like when you made that bet we didn't know that Demko was going to come back and be absolutely dialed in like he stole that win Saturday versus Los Angeles the Canucks had like eight shots to 46 or whatever it is I think you could definitely keep an eye on Demko's over on saves here if it's 30.5 I I think I would play that and and, um, to talk about like the docket thing this is the biggest disaster they're not even playing that great and building on something for next year they're like winning games behind elite goaltending winning close games it looks a lot like the start of the boudreaux tenure exactly it's like last, last just, year all over they just didn't make and i saw prior to that road trip their record under talk i think it was 13 11 whatever it was was almost identical to boudreaux's in his start of the tenure. So it's like, this hasn't proved anything yet. This doesn't really mean anything. And you've played your way out of a really, really good draft pick in all likelihood. So kind of worst case scenario. I know I saw a lot of fans saying that about Saturday's win, where it's like you steal a come from behind win behind a 46 save performance. And, and then, uh, you know, you get two points that don't mean anything and, and you probably didn't deserve. Before we get to top shelf bets, we'll close with Calgary. They are minus 200 in Anaheim at the pond. The Ducks are plus 170, over under six and a half. I just can't. Like, I just 
the the Flames play Monday night uh, against the Kings, and I'm passing on this game, by the way. I but this is my prediction: be Calgary beats Los Angeles and then loses to Anaheim in a game where they outshoot the Ducks like forty-two to eighteen. Uh, but you lean towards our boys. I like the Flames here. I think they'll find a way. I don't know if I'll actually bet it. Maybe it'll come down to how I think um, Monday night's game goes. This is just going to be such a gigantic game for them in the playoff race, which I get. There's exact same exact same setup as when they let down versus Anaheim uh, two weeks ago or whatever it is. But that was, even by Flames standards, an anomaly of how, how that game should have gone, I think, based off the gameplay. So I think Calgary's just going to tilt the ice here. If they win tonight, I like on them to build on it a lot. And one guy I've got my eye on, he's been as snake bitten as the rest of the Flames roster. He's kind of been the epitome of the Flames letting down this year. I still think he's working really hard. Andrew Mangiapane is on a large, large goalless drought. And I think betting on him to end it tonight in Anaheim is very reasonable. I could also see him ending it in Los Angeles. He's on the top line with Lynn Holman to Foley, so he's in a good spot to thrive. I think that it's just a matter of time. He's so far below his career shooting percentage. And there is something that gets when we talk about like guys do for, you know, positive regression. I think there is something that gets into your head as like a shooter. Like, you know, even when I'm playing men's league, which is significantly less pressure and doesn't matter. If you don't finish a few, it gets in your head. Like you start to get out of that rhythm of just being like, all right, I just got to put it right here, you know? And I think Mangiapane is in that. But I think eventually the way he's working, the chances he's creating, something's going to work out. He's got more skill than he's showed thus far. So I'm waiting for the dam to burst for, on him. So, so far we have Jake Vrana, Andrew Mangiapane, Simon Holmstrom, and uh, Dennis Kurianov as the first four legs of our five-leg round robin. We'll talk about the fifth one next on Top Shelf Bets, our favorite bets for Tuesday, March 21st. Top Shelf where Mama hides the cooking. Before we get to that one, I'll, I'll just give out my favorite bet. I like Seattle. They're plus 140, taking on the Stars in a huge game for both teams. Dallas still trying to fend off Minnesota and now Colorado for uh, supremacy in the Central Division. Stars 7-3 in the last 10 and generally have just kind of played this pace uh, throughout the season. Seattle coming off a tough loss. They're 6-3-1 in their last 10, but the numbers are still pretty good for Seattle. They're scoring rate is back up. I know it's the shooting percentage maybe is a little inflated uh, with the way things are going, but it's, it's also forced, right? Like their, their, their save percentage at five on five over the last 10 games has been abysmal, but generally speaking, this team is, is doing a pretty good job uh, driving, playing in the right direction. And I, and their expected goals rate is over their last 10 games is among the league's best. So Seattle, um, in what will be a a goaltending mismatch, uh, in all likelihood, uh, I'll take them to to beat the Stars. Who, like I said, they they've been playing well too. But I think the number's long enough uh, on Seattle to give it some value. So I'll take the Kraken here. Yeah, I like the Kraken there as well, and I hope that they find a way to to win it. Um, but with that said, like I thought, an interesting note on this too. That felt like one of those games the last time they played Dallas that everything went wrong and, and um, they just didn't get any of the breaks. I thought they pushed really well, which is kind of how we expect this team to look a lot of nights. But yeah, I agree. I think they're a really strong, long shot bet 
Uh, so yeah, give me, I like the crack in there. And to go with mine, we're going to go with the same kind of idea as a goal scorer who's due. He's a much more proven goal scorer. But I like Kyle Connor to break through versus Arizona. I think if you want to play four shots, if there's uh, prices close to plus money, that's another strong bet. He's back with Dubois, which I think helps a lot. We've seen him, I think a bit of that there was the lines were kind of being shuffled. He wasn't getting as good of uh, even strength minutes. So I think versus Arizona in a game where they should score a decent amount, it's the time for him to break through. I think he knows it. The team knows it. This is hopefully one where we're going to get slightly better numbers than we we see like over the last two years with Connor. Obviously, he scores at such a high clip. So if you can get around plus 180, plus 170, that's the thing that's tough with these is like we're trying to gauge um, what the prices will be. And it does seem like odds makers as this season has worn along are starting to really shift prices in uh, games where a team's a heavy favorite. I had kind yeah. of a bad estimate on our Matt Kachuk goal last week and Florida did score nine goals in that game. So it seems like the odds makers probably had a, a reasonable idea to move the prices a lot. Uh, I don't know if the Jets will score that many here, but I think that they're in a really good spot to do some damage. And I like it as a time for, for Connor to get off the Schneid and break through. That does it for this episode of line change. Uh, just one more time for you in case you missed any of it. It's uh, the underdog is Columbus. My favorite bet, Seattle money line. Nick's favorite bet is Kyle Connor. Anytime goal scorer, uh, or you can play the the over three and a half goals, uh, three and a half shots on goal. Um, and our five leg. Anytime goal scorer, round robin, Kyle Connor, Jacob Rana of the St. Louis Blues against his former team, the Detroit Red Wings, Andrew Mangiapane of the Calgary Flames, Simon Holmstrom of the New York Islanders, and Dennis Guriana of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so if all five of those hit, we'll, we won't ever see you again because we'll be retired. Um, but if they don't, we'll see you again Wednesday night or Thursday morning for our next episode. Until then, best of luck with all your bets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.